the first big goal I had was to pay cash for a Mercedes when I was 18. And I did that. And that was the most depressing day I had because I'm driving the car home thinking, is this all there is? I mean, I'm driving this car, I'm looking at it, you know, and I didn't really even want a Mercedes. I just wanted the, you know, the status symbol of, of doing that. I probably would have preferred a Mustang or something. Right. But and then I realized that it's really not about the money or, or hitting a target. It, it's about enjoying the journey and investing yourself in something you believe in. And then along the way, this has really been helpful. Give back, whether it's you're working at a shelter or you're, you're, you're the mentor for somebody else. And then it just becomes very enjoyable. You're doing something you like. You feel like you're helping other people along the way. You're giving back through charity or through time if you're unable to give back financially. And it, it really sets up what I call the wheel of life, which are the five Fs, which is faith, family, fitness, finance, friends, where our belief system is the center. But if I focus entirely on my wealth or finances and I ignore my health or my family, at some point, my health and my family is going to consume all of my time because I've ignored them, right? You and I are like, it's like we've been in each other's lives. And in one of my books, I have a thing called the ideal wheel and it's got seven parts of your life. And I, and I, and I, I, I talk about it. And that, you know, if you're rocking in one area and failing in somewhere else, it's like a bicycle wheel. And if right. you were to play, if you rank yourself one to 10 in each of the areas of your life, and one area is a 10 and the bicycle wheel is extremely full of air, but another area is a two, you're going down the life like a bumpy clink, 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 right? 100%, 100%. It's never going to be perfectly balanced. There's going to be times we have to work more, times you have to spend more time with family, time you need to you know work on your, whatever it is, but just being aware that you've got a, you have certain plates you're spinning, right? And then how do you, how do you pay attention where attention is needed? Right. What I've found in my own life and, and trying to help others is that, you know, that the gratitude and anxiety, they can't coexist. So if you can learn to find things to be grateful for, your anxiety level really drops down. And really in life, to the extent we can find things to be grateful for and be, be grateful, it, it gives us the ability to dream. It gives us the ability to uh, have a lot less stress in our life because we all have things that are going well in our life. We all have things we should be grateful for. And we all have things that are challenging or even having setbacks, you know, currently. And I call it parallel tracks. There's, it's never everything's going great. It's never everything's really going bad at the same time. It may feel like it, but it's never really exclusively that. And then how can you in life, knowing you're going to have setbacks, ups and downs, spend more time seeking gratitude and less time uh, experiencing anxiety. I mean, I, I just wrote that down. Gratitude and anxiety can't exist together. That's huge. It's revolutionary and it's, and it's something that I've just kind of learned over time and talked to people, but it's, it's true. If you think in your own life, you know, when you're, you're grateful, your anxiety level goes to zero. And, but anxiety tries to come back. <laughs> you know, so you've, you've got to really be aggressive. And over time, you just get like, you get better at expressing and enjoying gratitude for longer periods of time. I told my kids, if you're somebody that's enjoyable, that complimentary, uh, truly happy in your own skin, uh, it's surprising how many people want to spend time with you because they don't run across that that often. 